we're back from the hiatus. From the yeah. Yeah. We're back from a hiatus, as Ryan tried to say. I, 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 I should have known. Ryan's so excited he can't speak. I should have known not to try to be genuinely excited on this podcast because the awkward just comes out too much. <laughs> you know, it's a we try and it's like the nature of the universe just forces us to fail. <clears throat> yeah. You have to admit, these, uh, the thing about the podcast is that I can't actually see you, so I can't actually respond to you, but I'm still speaking to you, mm-hmm. so I have to, I have to make my voice sound like we're having a conversation, and really, I'm, like, missing half of the, uh, um, personal cues that would make this conversation work. Wow! We've already gotten into a nerd rant, and we're, like, less than two minutes into the, uh, season two of the podcast. Uh-huh. Well, I guess we're making some good progress, then. Yeah. Here we are, listeners. We're Hello, back. listeners. Finally. Yeah, so season one ended. We went on a hiatus for July. And yep. we're back here with season two with some new art, a new uh, a new section. Yes. More kind Amish Druid section. story. <clears throat> Eventually. Eventually. At some point. Perhaps. At some point. Well, once once Brian edits it or writes it. Yes. Or something like that. Um, I'm at 692 words, Ryan. This is gonna be way too long. Yeah. Well, whatever. Whatever. You know, your other one, you had to like speak in that accent, which was yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I did pretty well actually. Oh, that but was a pretty good accent. But that's right. That was the one that that part got cut off of because of the SoundCloud thing. Well, hang on. I forgot about that. Oh, I should just read that one then. You probably should, actually. I will read that one then. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, besides, I haven't actually finished mine from last podcast. I haven't actually written it and stuck it on. Yeah, that's true. It's actually on the website. You're right. So. That's okay. Yeah, we can do this. We can do this. I feel a lot better now. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. Yeah. Okay, so, listeners, uh, kind, yeah, kind of a new section. You might have read it already, but if you haven't, now you're going to hear it read to you by... Bryant's, well, it was going to say nice, full reader voice, but it was more of a thin, nerdy voice. Ouch. Well, neither of our voices are very good for radio or podcast deal. Uh, that, that's true, but <clears throat> I don't know. Well, I, I had a guy at work. T- you do actually I had a guy have a good reading t- voice. Yeah, I had a guy at work tell me that I sound like a, a radio announcer. I felt really good about that compliment, too. I was like, thanks, man. Thanks, random customer. <laughs> and now you just went and shattered my, uh... Shattered the nice things that guy said about I'm me. sorry, Ryan. You should be. I'm just... I'm, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm really just speaking from the, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh... <clears throat> moving on from that awkward part. That was so weird. I'm sorry. Our, our main topic today. Can you guess what it is, Brian? Um. We switched. We actually, switched main topics forgot. like four times. Yeah, I actually forgot what we decided on. Uh, it was. It wasn't originally. We were going to do Wikipedia racing, and then that kind of fell through as we uh couldn't really find a way to do Wikipedia racing easily and make it work for you, the audience. Also, it was really hard to Wikipedia race using every um. Avenue we tried. Uh, then we went along and tried to um, uh, find other things we could do together. We uh, looked up doing like an audible let's play or something like that. Tried to 
go on all these different flash game sites and see what we could find for two players. Um, eventually, we've come to a decision. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to read Amazon's funniest reviews as dramatically as we can. Yes. So. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That. Yeah. So Amazon, um, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, it's this new new fandangled website, okay? You can buy things from Amazon. It's insane. You can go on the internet and you can pick an object, pick a, a product, and you can buy it with money, actual money, and it will show up at your door. It's insane what you can do with technology. I know. In fact, just the other day, I got a cell phone on Amazon, which is just crazy. Whoa. For what? You, for those of you who don't know, a cell phone. A cell phone is this crazy thing. Well, see, they used to be devices that you could just like type in numbers, and those numbers corresponded to friends, and then you could just like yeah. talk to them. But now it's to the point where you can even access this thing called the internet. Oh my, we what? have to explain the internet to now, too. What's the internet? <gasps> um, I think we're just going to have to move on. Uh, I think we will, unless we describe all of modern society to a very modern audience. Yeah, 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 we better not We better not do that. The internet is a big thing with cats on it. There we go. There you go, yeah. That is the internet. The internet is basically Egypt. Well, ancient Egypt. That is a really good, that is a really good uh, think about analogy it. for... It it, it, uh, it worships cats, and we communicate in pictures. <laughs> and we have giant monoliths that no, giant monoliths that nobody understands. Yeah, it's it's obsessed it's obsessed with triangles as well. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, basically obsessed with obsessed with pyramids and the triangles. So yeah, that yeah we did that. Okay, we did that. So anyways, our first. Uh, our first Wikipedia article. Brian, do you want to read it, or do you do you want me to read it? I was just going to go straight down the list there. Sure. We have a whole I'll read list. the first Amazon review. Links I won't read the description. Wikipedia article. I'll read the first Amazon review, if that's what you yeah, want to read. Yeah, that's what I meant. Did I say Wikipedia article? You did say Wikipedia article. Oh, this article. is going to be a great episode. Yeah, I can already tell. We're, uh, what is it, like five minutes in? Ten minutes in? And, um... Man, I hope you guys are having fun. Season two, episode one. We're already tripping over our words. I think we'd be good at this, but no. Nah, I think I think no, the, I think the hiatus made us rusty. Yeah, we uh we suck at this. We've always sucked though, so that's okay. <clears throat> so, I'm going to read um the first Amazon review. This is for the Hutz the uh, Hutzler 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 something something whatever. Um, the Hutzler five seven one banana slicer. You can get it by Hutzler at the price of four dollars and eight cents right now, and free shipping on orders over forty nine dollars. Um, it's in stock, uh, and it is a banana slicer, shaped like a banana. And you can put this over a banana, and the banana will be sliced. Well, if you're Mrs. Toledo, then this uh, Hutzler 571 banana slicer saved your marriage. Um, <clears throat> in the words of Mr. Toledo, What can I say about the 571B banana slicer that hasn't already said about the wheel, penicillin, or the iPhone? 
This is one of the greatest inventions of all time. My husband and I would argue constantly over who had to cut the day's banana slices. It's one of those chores no one wants to do. You know the old, I spend the entire day rearing our children. Maybe you can pitch in a little and cut these bananas. And of course, you think I have the energy to slave over your damn bananas? I work a 12-hour shift just to come home to this? These are the things that can destroy an entire relationship. It got to the point where our children could sense the tension. The minute I heard our six-year-old girl in the bedroom reenacting our daily banana fight with her Barbie dolls, I knew we had to make a change. That's when I found the 571B banana slicer. Our marriage has never been healthier, and and we incorporated it into our lovemaking. Thanks, 571B banana slicer. What is remarkable to me is the fact that 33,340 people found this helpful. <laughs> I found it. I found it more funny that 1,100 people found this not helpful. Like they, they look, like this banana slicer. I'm like, well, this doesn't help me at all. This is a crap review. <laughs> 1,100 people were just honest with themselves. They're like, I don't want to buy this now. <laughs> here's here's another one by SW3K. No more winning for you, Mr. Banana. For decades, I have been trying to come up with an ideal way to slice a banana. Use a knife, they will say. Well, my parole officer won't allow me to be around knives. Shoot it with a gun. Background check, hello. I had to resort to carefully attempt to slice those bananas with my bare hands. 99.9% .9 of the time, I would get so frustrated that I just ended up squishing the fruit in my hands and throwing it against the wall in anger. Then, after a fit of banana-induced rage, my parole officer introduced me to this kitchen marvel, and my life was changed. No longer consumed by seething anger and animosity towards thick-skinned yellow fruit, I was able to concentrate on my love of theater and a writing musical play about two lovers from rival gangs and just try to make it in the world. I think I'll call it South Side Story. <laughs> Banana Slicer, thanks to you, I see greatness on the horizon. Jim Henderson gave this banana slicer two, sli two stars, said, The angle is wrong. I tried the banana slicer and found it unacceptable. As shown in the picture, the slicer is curved from left to right. All of my bananas are bent the other way. That, that's, I'm so sorry for you, Jim Anderson. Uh, Jim Anderson, what kind of bananas are you buying? Hubert wasn't very happy Dude. with it because it's not Wi-Fi capable. Maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I can't get this thing hooked up to my Wi-Fi network. Am I supposed to slice my banana over an Ethernet cable? What is this, 2005? I think he needs to upgrade to an Apple. I think... But I'm... No. Stop it, Ryan. <laughs> that wasn't okay. I'm not even gonna... I'm not even gonna respond to that. Um, I wonder, gave this thing three stars, said it's just okay. I would rate this product as just okay. It's kind of cheaply made, but it works better than the hammer I've been using to slice my bananas. Another person thought it was confusing. There's no way to tell if this is a standard or metric banana slicer. Additional markings on it would help greatly. Our next review comes from... Uh, send the page rolls. The Mountain Men's Three Wolf Moon Short Sleeve T-Shirt. Price is $12.39. Uh, to $50, um, 
depending, I guess, on the size you get. Spade 100% cotton, made in the US, machine washable, 100% cotton. I think we need to explain, uh, to explain the, what this t-shirt looks like first. Yeah, I, I, th I think you can explain that, yeah. Okay, so, I mean, if, if you're listening on the internet, I suppose you can just, like, follow the link and look at it, but... This is true. So in the upper right-hand corner, there's this moon against a starry background, and there's kind of, like, some clouds. And then there's, like, three wolf heads just, like, ing into the into the sky. And they kind of, like, it's just their heads because they, like, fade off down below. And it's just, like, plastered over the front of this t-shirt. Uh -huh. it looks It looks very awkward, and the man... Modding for the t-shirt kind of knows that as well. Yeah, he yeah he's just there for the money. I think at this point he's just like yeah, take a picture of me. He's selling. <laughs> he's selling out. He doesn't look very happy to be here. He knows for a fact he's just here for the money. I also want to wow. point out the Hutzler, the Hutzler banana slicer goes for a thousand and three dollars and forty seven cents. If you really want to pay that much for your bananas, um, just thought you should let that. Just thought you should know that. Okay, I will point out also. That there are like so many variations on this T-shirt too. Oh, you're right. There's one for babies. There's a glow-in-the-dark one. There's <laughs> different colors, and there's one of a wolf in front of an American flag, and it's a uh, it's, it's yeah they uh yeah it's a thing. So. Yeah, there's one by the same company of a cat rising out of the ocean to attack a ship. So. I guess this is like a chain now. Yeah, this is, uh, it must have become a thing. Type of bad animal it must have become a thing. We must have both missed it. Bad animal shirts. <clears throat> Alright, let's see. Let's see if we can find a good, a good review for this one. <clears throat> Don't forget to feed the wolves by Hong Song 2001. There I was rocking my new duds when I needed to scratch my stomach. Little did I know the itch uh, was merely the wolves getting my attention. They need to be fed. Of course, being new to the shirt, I didn't realize that would happen. I lost three fingers, one to each wolf when I scratched. While it was painful, it was my fault for not feeding these majestic carnivores. The great news is that, du great news is that due to my uh, magic restorative powers of the shirt, my fingers quickly grew back. Due to the dangerous nature of the shirt, I would not allow uh, my children to hug me when I wear this shirt. Since I wear this shirt every single day of the week, even when showering, it causes a minor amount of emotional emotion trauma to my uh, hug-starved children. However, they understand the powers of the shirt and know that it is not a shirt that simply goes in the closet. They now respect the shirt and have taken to hugging my legs instead. <laughs> there's there's this one, which I, I love the entire tone of. I read it earlier, but that was only that was for our patrons. Um, so I'll read it again, you know, just because. Okay. Lupian yeah. Perfection by Rainbow Unicorn 93 Wow, I love this shirt! First of all, it has the perfect amount of sleeves. Two! The designer clearly put a lot of thought into this, as it precisely matches the amount of arms I have. As if that wasn't enough, it has a head hole positioned exactly at the right spot, between the sleeves! Plus, there's ample room for my body to come out of the other end. Perfect! I was a little disappointed in the design on the front. I was expecting a picture of three wolves saucily bearing their backsides, a vertebral three-wolf moon, but clearly I misunderstood. No matter, it still makes more sense than that three-hamster moon shirt I have. 
I can wholeheartedly whole, I can wholeheartedly recommend this shirt for anyone with two arms, a head that is positioned equidistant from their arm nubs, and a body and legs sprouting from a spot directly opposite their head, and who likes wolf heads even without the exposed backsides. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm very sad for this person that they weren't able to get their literal three wolf moons yeah. uh, t-shirt. But, you know, you take what you I can get, that right? Show would, that shirt would have been pretty great to see as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, I hope that's your phone. It is my phone. That sounds just like, that sounds just like my grandmother's dishwasher. Not not her dishwasher, her, um, was it? Uh, drawing machine. I'm not even kidding. It makes that exact same noise. Every time, every time I walk by, I think someone's getting a text. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to turn those alerts off. I think. Yeah. There so, we go. So, uh, our next product is Tuscan Dairy Whole Milk, Vitamin D Gallon, 128 ounce. Uh, this is milk. For seventy-four dollars. Milk? Wait, I, uh, milk. I've lost you. Okay, let me look here. Oh, there yeah, we go. I you found find it. it. Our first review uh, comes from a man by the name of Edgar. Never heard him before in my life. Uh, his review, make this your only stock in store. It's a bit of a long review. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but um, he seems to seems to be a guy with a head on his shoulders. Seems to, he seems to uh, be a very articulate person. Once upon a midday sunny, while I savored nuts and honey, my Tuscan whole milk, uh, one gal, 128 fluid ounce, I swore. As I went on with my lapping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at the icebox door. Bat condenser, that I muttered, vibrating the icebox door. Only this, and nothing more. Not to sound like a complainer, but in an inept half-gainer, I provoked my bowl to tip and spill its contents on the floor. Stupefied, I came to muddle over that increasing puddle, burgeoning deluge of that at which I at present do adore. Snowy Tuscan wholesome wholesomeness exclusively produced offshore purged here forevermore and the pool so white and silky filled me with a sense of milky ardor the type of fantastic loss not known before so that now to still the throbbing of my heart while gently sobbing i retreated headed straight away for the tempting icebox door headless of the pitter pitter patter tapping at the icebox door i resolved to have some more it goes on for several more paragraphs. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I clicked to read more. Whoa! Yeah, he's not—he's not playing around. He—I think he took the entire poem by Edgar Allan Poe and reread, rewrote it so that uh, it's about milk. This particular thing of milk too. Yes. That being Tuscan Dairy Whole Vitamin D Milk Gallon, 128 fluid ounces. Just so that we're clear, um, ladies and gentlemen, we aren't being sponsored by anything. We are uh, reading reviews for. Do we hit you as the type of podcast that would try to sell you whole milk for forty two dollars? Well, yes, exactly. Well, that yeah, podcast, okay, but that's not that's not what we're trying to say here. If you did want to give us money, though, oh, seventy four dollars. Sorry. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't. We try to sell it to you for whatever price we get from you. Really, to be honest. Yeah. I would. I don't know about Ryan. I would certainly try to. If I thought you'd buy a gallon of milk, I, I'd, I'd give you whatever price I thought was reasonable for the gallon milk. I'm not trying to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're not sponsored by any of these products. Trust me. Absolutely. Or Amazon, for that matter. Or Amazon. We wish Amazon's we were. Not we wish we were, to be honest. That would... 
well, I wish we were a better podcast first. <laughs> the Amazon was. So anyways, here's another one. One Friday Without the Milk by Amazon customer. Wow. There isn't... That's... This guy is definitely an Amazon customer. Anyways. That's a good name. She always brought the home, the home milk on Friday. After a long, hard week full of days, he would burst through the door, his fatigue hidden behind a smile. There was an icy jug of Tuscan whole milk, one gallon, 128 fluid ounces, in his right hand. With his left hand, he would grip my waist, I was always cooking dinner, and press the cold frostiness of the jug against my arm as he kissed my cheek. I would jump, mostly to gratify him after a time, and smile lovingly at him. He was a good man, a wonderful husband who always brought the milk on Friday. Tuscan whole milk, one gallon, 128 fluid ounces. Then there was that Friday. The terrible Friday. That would ruin every Friday for the rest of my life. The door opened, but there was no buoyant greeting. No cold jug against the back of my arm. There was no Tuscan whole milk in his right hand, nor his left. There came no kiss. I watched as he sat down in a kitchen chair to remove his shoes. He wore no fatigue, but also no smile. I didn't speak, but turned back to the beans I had been stirring. I stirred until most of their little shriveled skins had soaked to the surface of the cloudy water. Something was wrong, but it was vague wrongness that no amount of heart thought could give shape to. Over dinner that night, I casually inserted, what happened to the milk? Oh, he smiled sheepishly, glancing aside. I guess I forgot it today. That was when I knew. He was tired of this life with me, tired of bringing home the Tuscan whole milk, one gallon, 128 fluid ounces. He was probably shuffling funds into a secret bank account, looking at apartments in town, casting furtive glances at cashiers and secretaries and waitresses. That's when I knew it was over. Some time later, he moved in with a cashier from the food mart down the street. And me? Well, I've gone soy. <laughs> that that was a, quite an emotional roller coaster, but it was funny because yeah. at certain certain points I would just be thinking, this is this is an Amazon review on an overpriced thing of milk, <laughs> and then I would just like Amazon start to milk. laugh, and I had to like hold it inside to keep uh-huh. the somber tone of my voice, <laughs> even though I'm sure my smile came through, anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Average average Amazon customer, you are an articulate one. Yes, Amazon Very customer. Articulate. Thank you. That was 9,692 people found that helpful. Wow. Let's look at the comments on this, on this, uh, review. Okay. It's got 97 comments. That's insane. Yeah. Your, Madfoot says, your tail has touched me more than any utter. <laughs> utter being spelled uh, like the cow's utter, not other. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually kind of disgusting, but I don't know. Belize042 says, Fabulous! I would bring a woman who writes like that a gallon? No. Two gallons of Tuscan whole milk every Friday and help her drink it. Our complexions would become radiant together. Randall Black says, Stop wasting your time reviewing internet milk and write a novel. Seriously, grade A writing that pulls at the heartstrings harder than milking a machine. Harder, sorry, harder than a milking machine. Condensed, sweet, pure, and very, very good. Oh, that was actually... Yeah, since right, though, that was really, uh... Yeah, I mean, that was really well-written. It, it was a really well-written Amazon <laughs> review about, about milk. Even, yeah, even though it was about, um, 
weirding out over milk. Uh, S. Kelly says, I am deeply touched to the core of my essence, to the depths of my psyche, but the new medication seems to be working, so let's leave that uh, behind us for now. <laughs> your tale, your bittersweet love, tale of love and betrayal sent tears coursing down my chubby cheeks to the pool tips on my chin chin chin, then drop, drop, drop relentlessly upon <laughs> the heaving bosom of my large, large, laden man breasts. How deeply moving that tale, penetrating, almost sensual in the images portrayed under the latter passages when self-centeredness of thine mates sent your hopes, your dreams, your psyche dashed, dashed upon the rocks of despair akin to a Volkswagen plunging off a big Surrey cliff, falling hundreds of feet to impact the jagged rocks below. Waves swept rocks, with great white sharks lurking in the depths to engulf any flesh floating upon the ocean surface. How my so how my soul sold soul I think it might be a typo, there's a D in there. How my soul shakes with sorrow for thee, my dear, dear lady. May your Tuscan whole milk, one gallon, one hundred and twenty eight fluid ounce, soothe thine sorrow. Be a crutch in these times of need. Be strong, my princess. Thine Tuscan whole milk, one gallon, one hundred twenty eight fluid ounce is there for you. A steadfast friend who will never depart. <laughs> I'm willing to I'm willing to pay seventy three dollars for this milk now. At this point, yeah, actually, these are a pretty good advertisement for this milk. <laughs> yeah, I, it's been so hyped up for me that I must have this milk. This one person writes hidden message: Tuscan whole milk can be rearranged to say I'll know mustache. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> <clears throat> F.J. Simmons says, combine this with other foods. Has anyone tried boiling this stuff over dry cereal? A-W-E-S-O-M-E. <laughs> Another person has a serious problem. He writes, this product copiously leaks out of my nose whenever I read these reviews. <laughs> Troublemaker says this is an okay product, but you have to buy a glass to use it. Don't be fooled by the easy-to-use look of this product. He's right, you do have to have a glass to use it. They don't advertise that, they should tell you that. Yeah, they, they should tell you that you need a glass to use this bottle, this uh -huh. chocolate milk. Well, I mean, I guess you could just bowl. drink out of the top, and, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you could, but certain people might say you've contaminated the entire gallon of milk. Certain insane people, I don't know what's wrong with them, thinking you can, I don't know. What's, what's wrong if you try to drink out the top of the milk jug? That's fine. <laughs> You wanna wait? Okay, wait. Next, let's go. Let's move on. We need to hit all of these okay. because you know we can't just spend too much time on one. Otherwise, we'll you know be there forever. We could spend this entire episode on just one of these products. We could spend this entire episode on one of these products. You're absolutely. Have like thousands of customer reviews in every single one. So many, absolutely so many. Uh, our next product is uranium ore by Images SI. For $40, you can buy, um... Uranium ore, apparently. Uranium ore. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, just, you know, <clears throat> casually. Just get it. You can just buy it. Yeah. Buy some uranium ore. Um, according to Patrick J. McGovern, though, um, be warned, this product, uh, it's great. Great product, but it has poor packaging. I purchased this product 4.47 billion years ago, and when I opened it today, it was half empty. That's too bad. Ah, <sighs> oh, dude. Yeah, they should warn you about the shelf life there. It will not last four and a half billion years. They need to tell you that first. Counts as part of your five a day. 
Magic stuff. I've been taking one spoon a day for three weeks, and now I can type this review using all 12 fingers. I got a free cat in the box with this. Uh, with this purchase, but I'm not sure if I should open it to see if the cat is okay. <laughs> so glad I don't have to buy this from Libyans in the parking lots at the mall anymore. I bought this to power a homemade submarine that I use to cook for prehistoric era life forms in the landlocked lakes around my hometown in Alaska. At first I wasn't sure if this item would or could arrive via mail, but I was glad to see it showed up with no problems. Well, almost no problems. Unfortunately, my mom opened my mail because she does not respect people's privacy. She was pretty upset to see Uranium more. After a long argument and me running away from home again, she finally stopped being such an idiot and I was able to t get back to work. The quality of this Uranium is on par with the stuff I was buying from the Libyans over at the mall parking lot, but at half the price. I just hope the seller does not does not run out, because I have many products on my list, including a night vision Sasquatch radar, an electromagnetic... Chupacabra. Okay, that thing. Cage. A high-velocity aerial weighted Mothman net and a superheated in instant grilled cheese sandwich maker. I would buy all of those products, including, including the grilled cheese sandwich maker. Yeah, definitely. I think we need to supply Kyle J. Von Bose with uh, uh, copious amounts of this substance so we can make that grilled cheese sandwich maker to uh, save all grilled cheese sandwich makers. <clears throat> Let's see. I left this product next to my pet lizard. Unfortunately, now he's 350 feet tall and is currently to destroying Tokyo, Japan. This is a five-star review by Lawrence Gonzalez. So I guess I mean, I guess he's happy you, with the results. He's happy. He's happy about the destruction of Tokyo, Japan. The jerk. I'm sure the Japanese aren't happy. Oh, maybe the Japanese are actually happy about that. They get they get happy by some weird stuff sometimes. So I guess the Japanese are like, finally. Aaron PD was not happy with uh, this uranium. He says it has a deceptive description. I thought I was ordering uranium-235. This stuff is not visionable and not at all appropriate for building a death ray or small nuclear reactor. They don't say. You're right. Yeah. I don't... I don't really tell you they, yeah, they never tell you if uh, it's good for um, building death rays or nuclear reactors. Yep. Per you can't just assume it is. Perfect rose food. See, Go ahead. Um, C.A. Langford says, I was very disappointed to have my uranium confiscated at the airport. It was a gift for my son for his birthday. Also, I'm in prison now, so that's not good either. <laughs> Perfect rose food. Mix this in with rose fertilizer and have blooms nearly one foot in diameter. Drawback is I can't cut them as they growl at me when I get near them with the scissors. And they've eaten several small birds and a stray kitten. <laughs> Kelly says it is not cat food. The cat's huge and, well, doesn't really look like a cat anymore. See, we need to... You want to move yeah, let's on? move on. Alright, our next product is the Denon AKDL1 Dedicated Link Cable. Discontinued by the manufacturer. You cannot get it on Amazon anymore. You get it from these sellers, though. And you can buy one used for uh, starting at $8,000.98. Dedicated Denon Link Cable made of high-purity copper wire. High-purity copper wire. Very high-purity, apparently, for $8,000. Get purest signal from multi-channel DVD and CD playback through Denon receiver. Haha, <laughs> CD. 
Connector and cable structure designed to thoroughly eliminate adverse effects from vibration. Rounded plug lever on a connector to prevent bending or breaking. Measures 1.5 meters long or 59 inches. Basically, it's a really, really, really overpriced HDMI cable. Yes. Yes, $8,000 for an HDMI cable. According to George Takai, though. <laughs> ah, George Takai being Mr. Sulu, I believe. Uh, it causes rifts in the space-time continuum. It's a three-star review. The minute I plugged this cable in, I knew something was amiss. The first evidence, a small wormhole that appeared in our living room, right next to our Holstein cowhide recliner. Peering into it, I can discern the startling face of a Ferengi, likely someone in the Gamma Quadrant. Then things got really hairy. Brad shattered shatter from the kitchen, saying he was detecting high tachycon levels from our Vitamix, so we immediately diverted power uh, to our forward Romco rotisserie away. Set it and forget it indeed. Still no go, the wormhole continued to grow, so we did what anyone would do in this, rat in this rock of their awkward situation. I calibrated, recalibrated our George Foreman girl about 10 picometers, ejected the warp core from my Dyson ball back, and unplugged the magic jacks in the house. Bingo, no more wormhole. I guess what I'm saying is that you can use this cable, but only if you have substantial Starfleet training. <laughs> See, uh, this other person writes, I sold my kidney to purchase this item, but... Ever since I lost my kidney, I got kidney cancer, and now I have cancer, and I'm missing a kidney. Wait, what? That's confusing. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Maybe it's... I don't know what that means. You think it means that the Dion AKDL1 dedicated link cable this kidney by the manufacturer, I think it brought his kidney back? Grew back his kidney that had cancer? I don't know. I choose to believe that's what it meant. Harmless Griffin gives us one star, asking, why did it have to be blue? I knew my day was going to improve when the truck pulled up at my home with this cable deep within. No ordinary truck. This one was wholly white, and with the gold delivery logo sparkled like 10,000 suns, uh, reflected through shards of the purest ice formed from, with unadulterated water collected at the beginning of the universe. The driver, clad in her robe, colored the softest white, floated towards me on the cool fog of a hundred fire extinguishers. He smiled benevolently, looked like a father looking down upon his whole only child and handed me a package wrapped in gold, beaten thin to the point where you could see through it. I didn't have to sign, because the driver could see within my heart and knew that I was pure. Upon opening the package, an angelic choir started to sing, and reached a crescendo as I laid this cable on my stereo system. Instantly, my antiquated equipment transformed into components made from clearest diamond sentiment conductor. The cable knew where to go and hooked itself into the correct porch without help from me, all the while the choir sang praises to the almighty digital god. With trepidation, I pushed play, and was instantly enveloped in a sound that echoed for the creation of all matter. A sound that vibrated every cell in my body to perfection. I was instantly taken to the next plane where I saw the All-Father. I knew within my entire soul that all was good in the world. But then I realized that the cable was blue, so I gave it only one star. I hate blue. Dan Koblosh says that this solved global warming locally. After I took after after I took delivery of my 500 Denon AKDL1 Cat5 Uber cable, Al Gore was mysteriously drawn to my home, where he pronounced that global warming had been suspended in my vicinity. Yes, I had perfect weather, no flooding, no tornadoes, the exact amount of rain necessary, and he pronounced sea levels exactly right, and that they were not going to rise within five miles of my house. Additionally, my cars began achieving 200 miles per gallon, and I didn't even need gasoline. I was able to put three grams of cat litter into the tank and drive forever. 
What's more, that atmosphere inside my home became 93% oxygen and virtually no carbon dioxide. In fact, I now exhale oxygen. One heck of a cable. Didn't notice any improvement in audio quality, <laughs> The $800 Apple iCable is clearly superior. <coughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, this $8,000 cable uh, won't improve your audio quality, but it might cause a rift in the space-time continuum. Um, and it might also solve global warming locally. Yep. So, keep that in mind if you buy the Dion AKDL1 dedicated link cable discontinued by manufacturer for $8,000. Horse mask? Horse mask. You've probably seen these, listeners. You have to have seen these around somewhere at this point. Oh, absolutely. These horse masks. Seems like, seems like everybody's, everybody's one friend who just wears these all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome conversation piece, by the way, according to uh, according to the Amazon um, bio, I guess you'd say, the Amazon uh, description. Latex imported, quality construction, be the life of the party and a horse. Look for the accoutrement tags and make sure it's the real thing. So there are a lot of imitation horse masks out there, apparently. Gotta make sure you're getting the real one. And it's also an awesome conversation piece. Which, you know, I can't disagree with. My transformation is complete. <laughs> it is day 87, and the horses have accept- accepted me as one of their own. I have grown to understand and respect their gentle ways. Now I question everything I thought I once knew and fear, and I'm no longer capable of following through with my primary objective. I know that those who sent me will not relent. They will send others in my place. But we will be ready. <laughs> That's a book I'd read. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. That'd be the greatest book ever. This mask imbues the wearer with superhuman abilities. The power to make everyone around you feel awkward and uncomfortable being first among them. After wearing this mask for several days, my identity was consumed and replaced. There's only the horse now. Best purchase I ever made. They called me crazy, but who's the giant horse now? Oh, no, you just read that. I just read that one. Why don't you have one? The biggest question I get asked is, why do you have that? I simply reply with, why don't you have one? And then gallop away and eat some grass. (laughs) This is an actual review with an actual description. I spotted this after viewing fun items like uranium ore and canned unicorn meat. I actually had a can of canned unicorn meat for a while. Yeah, you did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did. That was hilarious. After hearing just how much fun people have with a horse mask, I knew I had to have one. Especially after I searched the web and found a picture of a guy wearing this with a hooded jacket. That was especially freaky. Um, I got one, alas, only available at outside sites right now, because it seemed to be the most realistic looking, plus it had the all-important, disturbing feel. Um, one, it's made of heavy-duty materials. Uh, two, it has a slip up the back for easy donning and removal. Slit is barely visible as there's main hair on both sides of it. Image of this is added. Three, how do you see it? Through the horse's mouth and nose holes. Um, nothing mars the creepy look of those eyes. It's easy to see out while wearing. Um, it has a real bushy hair mane. I had to look closely at the other parts because I could have sworn I was wearing fine dust of hair all over. No, it's just extremely realistic looking. I already used it on the dogs. The big one knew it was a joke, but the little one kept backing off and I chased around the house. So that, yeah, that's the actual, that's an actual review, that's an actual review of the Kuchiman head, horse head mask. That was... Saved my life. Oh. Okay. Sorry, I thought I interrupted you. You cut out there. So no, I just no, said something. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So, 
When I turned state's witness, they didn't have enough money to put me in the witness protection program, so they brought me this mask and gave me a list of suggested places to move. Since then, I've lived my life in peace and safety, knowing that my old identity is forever obscured by this life-saving item. <laughs> That'd be wonderful to know that there's somebody out there who just has to wear this horse, horse mask all day. Every second of their life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Some... I think you want to do this last... Yeah, probably. Probably a good idea. Alright. Our last and final uh, product here is a book by John W. Trimmer, How to Avoid Huge Ships. It's 1993 paperback. It's also a second edition. Second edition? Oh my gosh. You know what that means? Ryan, you know what that means? Because it's second edition? What? It means it's after the first edition. What? That just blew my I mind, Brian. I can't believe it either. That's insane. Uh, so, it's, yeah, it has a bunch of diagrams and charts. It's 99 pages. The last page has a drawing on it. Otherwise, clean edgeware. Good for them. Well, according to a Noel... Uh, D. Hill, uh, as the father of two teen teenagers, I found this book invaluable. I'm sure other parents here can empathize when I say I shudder at the thought of the increasing presence of huge ships in the life of my children. I remember the strain I caused long ago for my own parents when I began experimenting with huge ships. The long intercontinental voyages that kept my mom and dad up all night with worry. Don't even get me started on the international protocols when transporting perishable cargo. To think I was even younger than my kids are now. Huge ships are everywhere. It doesn't help that TV and movies make huge ships seems gla seem glamorous and cool. This book really helped me approach the subject of huge ships for my kids in an honest and non-judgmental way. Because of the insights that this book provided, I can sleep a little better and cope with the reality that I can't always be there to protect my kids from huge ships, especially as they become adults. I'm confident that my teens, when confronted by a huge ship, are better prepared to make wiser decisions than I did. At the very least, my children certainly know... Uh, Know that they can always come to me if they have any questions, concerns, or just need my support when it comes to the topic of huge ships. Dan says that this is too informative. I read this book before going on vacation, and then I couldn't find my cruise liner in the port. Vacation ruined. According to Fitz, this reads like a whodunit. I bought How to Avoid Huge Ships as a companion to uh, Captain Trimmer's other excellent titles. How to Avoid a Train, How to Avoid the Empire State Building. These books are fast-paced, well-written, and the hard-won knowledge found in them is in as inspirational as it is informational. After reading them, I haven't been hit with <laughs> by anything bigger than a diesel bus. <laughs> Thanks, Captain. <laughs> now I know what that steering wheel thingy is for. By Captain Crunch. <laughs> by Captain Crunch? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the review is titled, Now I Know What That Steering Wheel Thingy Is For. That's beautiful. Anyways... Oh, this book is really one of the best huge ship avoidance references I've come across. Not just for the effective methods it teaches as to avoiding huge ships, but also for exploding some of the huge ship avoidance myths that many of us take for granted. For example, do not charge the huge ship charge the huge ship at full speed in an attempt to scare it off. This may work with coyotes, but it's less effective with huge ships. Similarly, do not roll your boat over and play dead. Unless the huge ship is captained by a grizzly bear, this will not work. 
Do not attempt to go under the huge ship. This typically, this typically <laughs> is not successful. Do not attempt to jump over the huge ship. Captain Trimmer presents a rather, a rather novel technique for avoiding huge ships. Move your boat out of the path of the huge ship. I know what you're thinking. Oh. This goes against conventional wisdom. But Trimmer presents significant empirical evidence to support his theory. Indeed, over the long run, moving out of the way will dramatically decrease the number of huge ship collisions you will have to endure your, in your daily life. I I don't know. I am I am skeptical as to the uh, nature of this "How to Avoid Huge Ships" book. Now, I don't think it's as informative as we assume it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, there's no way moving out of the way of a huge ship is going to allow you not to be hit by a huge ship. That is, that, that's one of those things that if you think about it, it might, but honestly, conventional wisdom wins out on that end. So, yeah, this book is, this book, I, if I were giving this review, I'd give this book one star. Gra- I can already tell Graham you. Thomas says, caution, check the title before purchase. I live near a park and frequently walk around the local area. Given the amount of dog mess that is on the pavements, I thought this book would be the ideal read to stop me having to scrape my shoes off in the grass before going home. It only arrived only after it arrived that I looked closely at the title and realized it said how to avoid huge ships. A simple error that means I am still treading on massive examples of canine excrement. Having said that, I read the book anyways, and I'm pleased to say that I'm not even having near misses with huge ships anymore. No, sir, they ain't getting anywhere near me. I think the only thing to make that review better is if, like, he actually had problems with getting hit by huge ships as well. Yeah. (laughs) This book is invaluable by Bill. Uh, when my jet ski in the Chesapeake Bay this summer, uh, I was confronted by a huge uh, ship moving up the channel. You can imagine my horror when I realized I had only an hour or, and 45 minutes or so before the lumbering behemoth was sure to pass in my area. With no place to hide and only a water-propelled uh, small craft beneath me for transport, I quickly withdrew my Kindle Fire from the storage compartment beneath my seat and proceeded to read the book How to Avoid Huge Ships. One hour later and with only 45 minutes to spare, I implemented the expert advice provided by the offer and turned my jet ski in the opposite direction of a huge ship to avoid certain disaster. <laughs> Good advice for most readers, but doesn't cover all the bases. There is one major oversight in this generally well-written book, and it's that it addresses animate readers exclusively. It has a large rock in the Tyrrhenian Sea off the coast of Gilgalo Island. I have recently been confronted with instances in which avoiding huge ships was of fundamental interest to my personal well-being. However, the methods represented in Captain Trimmer's book were none too useful in my efforts to avoid huge ships, as as I was recently struck by a very large ship, indeed a cruise vessel called the Costa Concordia. I think the ship came off slightly worse in the exchange, but the experience was disruptive to my afternoon and rather jarring. In a situation as, such as this, Captain Trimmer's advice would have been immensely beneficial to humans, fish, seabirds, and other animals. But I am none of those things. I am a big rock. I can't zigzag or duck and cover. Rocks don't do that. I've tried. I tried some time ago to scoot over to the left a bit or to get some better sunlight, and it took me 3,000 years! That's not fast enough to avoid even the slowest huge ships. It's presu- it's. Fr- it's for precisely this reason that I would advise Captain Trimmer to augment this edition with a section intended for readers like me. Perhaps, how to avoid huge ships if you are a rock, iceberg, or coral reef. There is an audience out there for us, Captain Trimmer, and I would assure you it would be well worth your time and effort. 
It is interesting to know that this rock's name is Jamie. Yes. Just saying. This is a rock named Jamie. Someone named the rock. It's also interesting to note that <clears throat> he, um... She. Has access to the internet. Yeah. He or she. Yeah, she. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's fascinating for a giant rock. What do, what other customers do... What, what other customers... Yeah. What other items do customers buy after viewing this item? Well, one of the ones we already saw. Hutzler uh, Banana Slicer. But also, uh -huh. a practical guide to racism. <laughs> what? Let's see, what do I get? Um... What is this? Hang on. I see something, but my internet is being stupid, so I can't I see the The stray... A UFO... Oh, go ahead. The stray shopping carts of Eastern North America. A field guide... A guide to field identification. <laughs> it has this picture um, of the shopping cart in the woods on the cover. <laughs> I have a Goats in the Trees 2016 square 12 by 12 calendar. Multilingual edition. It's... It's a wall calendar, and all of the pictures are of goats in trees. Okay, so on this on this one about about shopping about identifying shopping carts in the wild, this uh, person says one of the top four shopping cart reference guides. It's by Gothmog. <laughs> but uh, anyways, this book is easily one of the top four reference guides for shopping carts available on the market today. It does an, it does an excellent job of covering all of the following topics. Shopping carts. Overall, I heartily endorse this product. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, hang on. Alright, so on Amazon you can buy a JL421... Badonka Donk Land Cruiser Tank for $20,000. Wow. This is, yes, this is, um, it looks like a land speeder from uh, Star Wars, actually. It looks like something you'd see in <laughs> uh, Episode 6, one of the skiffs that um, Jabba the Hutt used. But for $20,000, you can buy this. There's a specific review on this. I want to see. Um, okay. <clears throat> this is a two-star review by Billy Bog Robert. The donk is okay, not recommended for a drunken rampage. If I had to do it over again, I'd leave my insurance settlement money under my mattress a while longer instead of spending it on one of these things. A badonka donk. More like a badonka junk. I bought one of these donks because I thought the cops wouldn't have some me in it. Since I ain't a road legal fig I figured it wouldn't matter that I got didn't get my driver's license no more. Uh, it's kind of an out outside the box thinking that got me where I am in life. I figured when the cop said, Billy, you know you ain't supposed to be driving a car anymore. I could say, I ain't driving a car. I'm driving a donk. And then crank up Freebird on my 400 watt stereo as I lay thick. As I lay down a thick patch of rubber with a 6 HP fire breathing power plant. Maybe let out a rebel yell as I go up two wheels and squeeze up the two squad cars as they uh, set head set up down. Blah! Two squad guards they had set up as a roadblock. Then when they pulled out their guns and tried to stop uh, me, the bolts would just ricochet off my trusty donk as I glanced matter-of-factly into the rearview mirror and flick off the ash off my marble, my marble, in symbolic contempt of the aggressors that I had just thwarted. Nothing was further from the truth, though. I had just stayed late over at my sister's and I was fixing to head back um, across the court to my trailer. 
I will admit that I had been drinking, but her trailer was just a few loops over from mine, and I figured it was 3 a.m., so I weren't going to hurt nobody. Especially the old donk. Uh, as chance would have it, I just happened to be wearing various articles of my sister's clothing, and started to recognize the familiar smell of McDonald's french fries. As I turned the corner uh, into my own loop, the smell was unmistakable, as was the conclusion that I deducted in my mind. My sister time getting cozy with that <laughs> Richard Lucas Stubbs, who had been working, worked at the McDonald's drive-thru. Well, I have to tell you, I became engorged with rage. I whipped the old donker around and started heading for the McDonald's to show old Tubbs what I thought of him sneaking around my sis. I only made it as far as the trailer park entrance, though, because <laughs> I got high centered on the speed bumps there. Folks tell me I called up one of the dogsters and started yelling obscenities at that point. But to be honest, I don't recall that part. I must have been uh, true, though, because the police showed up very quickly. When I saw the squad car, I scurried back into the dog, locked the hatch, started the engine, and floored it. It was right thing to do because in their vain effort to extracticate me from my vehicle conveyance, the cops jumped on the roof of the dog, tipping the balance just far enough for the wheels to grab hold, and I was able to get out the speed bump. The hot pursuit was on. The squad car must have malfunctioned because officers <laughs> proceeded to pursue me on foot. By the time I got to Main Street, I had a comfortable lead on them. I turned south, as that was the proper method, as a proper mode of direction to arrive at the McDonald's. Um, at that point, my drunken rage peaked, and I knew I had to save my family's honor. I was gonna crash. <laughs> I was gonna crash my tank into the McDonald's drive-through. <laughs> I revved up the engine and floored it. As it got closer, I could see <laughs> old Hardy Tubbs' face, uh, face paint a life-size portrait of confusion on a tattered canvas of fear and surprise. I thought to myself, all will be made right again, as I flew by the intercom, scraping sparks of anger and bitterness as I careened past. I was overjoyed to see that, even though he had plenty of time, seen me coming and, <laughs> and move out of the way. Will Tardy Tubbs was still in my direct line of sight. I braced for impact as the donk hit the older window plexiglass, bounced off and rolled over on its side. <laughs> I must have hit my hand on the pivoting control stick because I blacked out momentarily. I awoke to the sound of tiny wheels spinning madly at 40 miles per hour, <laughs> with my battle tank inoperable, my hopes of uh, even slightly inconveniencing Lucas Tubbs dashed, and my sister's fine clothes uh, soiled with sweat and blood. I had no choice but to pick myself and start flailing my arms and legs madly. <laughs> the, police have been pursuing, the police that had been pursuing me arrived moments later. I do not agree with their assessment that I was attention to myself and to others. But I don't recall that part of the evening very well, so I can't say for sure. Either way, I don't think the use of a taser was justified. However, I now have lawsuits outstanding against McDonald's for faulty drive through design, the manufacturer of the taser, and the local police. One of these suits needs to pay out to replace the money from the insurance settlement and pay the court-mandated restitutions from McDonald's and the local police. In the end, I blame all my problems on the dunk. I hope they have good insurance. I'm coming for them next. <laughs> well then, that was quite a that was quite an action adventure. Quite an action adventure. That was long too, longer than I actually remember. Uh, here's here's another one. Um, this is on the stray shopping carts of Eastern North America a guide to field identification. Um, it says the definitive reference by R. Hurst. As a member. Premier Order of the Retail Shopping Cart Awareness Association, henceforth RSCAA, I find the official RSCAA review an affront, 
Ethics, yea, friends, that oft-neglected master, compels me to present for public consideration the minority dissenting opinion on the matter of Montague's field reference, decision 825-4M, namely its perfection. The reference is unimpeachable, the quality fine, the photo photographs apt, the circles round. I have personally hand-checked the reference structure and layout using official RSCAA guidelines and can report no deviation from the Brown Book standard. Calibrated Pantone indexing showed autocorrelation well with required bounds, which result no honest RSCAA member shall question, for the RSCAA standard is the Montag guide itself. Friends, it is so. Such are the dark politics of our day that we throw into calumny the neglect and neglect the very pillar of our belief. Pursuant to the code of good conduct, my resignation is hereby tendered. All ties cut, dues paid in full, fig figurines returned, can candies forfeited, etc. Ryan Hurst, RSCAA, first O oh, minority opinion draftsman. H twenty five four M unicorn. I knew some of those words. Some of those words are words I know. <laughs> I can't tell if there's a five star review or a one star review. I, I I I blacked out on the beginning of the review, and then it sounded like he was praising it. And then at the end, he says he's not a part of the RCAA anymore. I was like, oh. Well, what I think it is is that the RSCAA is. Like, I think what this is, is like a court hearing, and the RSCAA oh. is supposed to be, like, putting down the book and saying that the book is bad, and he is saying that oh, the book you. is the RSCAA standards itself. I gotcha. I think so. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha, indeed. So I assume that's a five-star review for the book, then? Yeah, it is a five-star review. Sweet. Good on him. According to uh, V. Zinanovsky, the Badonk Donk tank is easily blown to kingdom come. I'm an acquisitions officer for an artillery unit in the Russian army. Since the mafia hooligans stole all of our equipment to sell to Kyrgyzstani rebels, we have been looking for a low-cost alternative to the T-80 battle tank. After a successful trial at a facility in Moscow, the so-called Badonk Donk was approved for use in the Chechen theater. Initial reports were favorable, but then somebody noticed that the tank lacked the cannon, <laughs> treads, and armor, and possessed an engine of an electric bicycle. It did, however, have an excellent audio system, but this failed to compensate for its disappointing 100% mortality rate. Recommended for use only against Lithuanians. Okay. Yeah, so if you're Lithuanian, um, beware of the Badonkadonk from the Russian army. Do you want, do you want to move on to the next topic? Yeah, I think we should probably move on now. I think we've exhausted this as much as we possibly could. Oh, we could. could go on. We could go on for years probably reading these reviews. I don't think our, I don't think our listeners could probably stomach any more. Oh, yeah, yeah. This. They're definitely dead, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love I love the resignation in your voice. Yeah, they're definitely dead. But Our listeners just aren't here anymore. <laughs> Season 2, Episode 1, guys. Oh, well, you know. You know, what, what can we say? Yeah, that's true. So, anyways, the month highlight, or the month, the highlight for this half of the month, is, I guess, Olympics-related. Oh, yeah. The Huffington Post 
There is a vine of gymnast Lori Hernandez as a fly, and this vine is worthy of gold. So, uh, this uh, gymnast, anyways, she's a uh, she's an Olympic queen. She's the only she's the only uh, she's the only uh, bleh. Wait, hold up, let me speak. She is the first person born in the 21st century to win an Olympic medal. There we go. We got it now. We're good. Okay. Basically, she's like my sister's age. And so, uh, yeah, there's a vine of of her uh, impersonating a fly. She 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 happens she happens to be uh, very good at it too. Here, let me see if I can put the audio on on here. I'm just gonna kind of like stick my headphones on the microphone. There we go. Do you hear it? Yeah. Do you hear it? Okay. So I guess I guess that means that it was picked up on recording. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's mostly just her rubbing her hands together like flies do. Yep. Why do flies do that? That's an excellent question. Yeah, they're like kind of scheming or something. But they're not, actually. I think it's really they've got something gross in their hands and they're trying to get it off. That's not really them nope. scheming. It's them. Right. I, I, dude, the fly in the video is very much, he very much has something gross on his hands. He's trying to get it off his hands. Well, like, look at him. Brian, while I admire your attempt to misdirect the listeners from the fact that the flies are indeed our uh, our surveillance uh, uh, units, I think that <laughs> our secret is out now. Um, oh. Audience, uh, we are uh, not really remorseful, um, um, but yes, we have been uh, watching the entire world through flies. And the reason why they do that is uh, because uh, they uh, uh, they are scheming. They think it's as clever. They think it's as clever as we thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. The flies are a really big fan of this plot too. But this gymnast found it out, and so now we're forced to come clean on the podcast. Um, yeah. Yep. So. We've been using flies to spy on all of you. But that was the NSA almost figured it out, but their mass surveillance program paled in comparison to ours. So that was really what they were trying to do. Trying to figure out who was using these flies to collect information. Yeah, and this this gymnast found it out, and so now, yep, that was really uh, that was well, really courageous of you, however, Brian, to try to cover up for us. Thank you for that. But I mean, I think I think this one specific fly. Yes, I know he's scheming, but I think he also might have stepped in something like honey well, or yeah, whatever, and he's trying to get, get a closer look at him. His... I mean, look at him. He's not he's not really doing it as fast as he can. It's more of a ew. Yeah, Ew. definitely. Ew. I've seen these things when they get defective. Yeah, this one definitely, <laughs> yeah, he, he stepped in something, I think. Yeah, you, yeah, I think he's nuts. He's either, um, yeah, they stepped in something or he's not scheming hard enough. Like his battery's just trying to run low and he's just doing the motions as slowly as he can. You know, it's like one of those Hug Me Elmo dolls that, um, they start out being, uh, Elmo loves you! And then as they, um, uh, go longer and longer without you turning them off or changing the battery, they go, Elmo loves you. Because <laughs> their voice has so much been uh, screwed up by their missing battery. <laughs> Start to sound like a giant red demon in your sister's room. Elmo wants to give you a hug. Well, yeah, okay. Um, so that also means, wow, we could have just like not had to come clean then. 
Well, too late now. It's done. Yep. The entire world now knows that we'd be using flies to spy on them. Well. I wonder if, like, this joke is actually gonna attract the attention of somebody, like, important. Yeah. Like, I wonder if we're actually, like, in the crosshairs of, like, the Russian mafia. <laughs> because they actually believe that we use flies to spy on people. Well, that would suck. well we, we, we do own the Russian mafia, so... Shut up, Ryan! You're leaving all of our plans open! I, Quiet, I'm you. sorry, but I just can't hold it back. We're so awesome. We're so awesome, and yet our podcasts are the cringiest thing that anybody has ever heard, ever. Yeah, yeah, but you know. Being awesome doesn't surprise, mean that you're good at podcasting, I guess. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. It's one thing we haven't mastered yet. Yeah. We're good at literally, ev- literally everything else we attempt, um, though, listeners. Yeah, definitely. I'll just take a word for that. Yeah, we're the best ever at everything. In fact, the only reason we're not at the Olympics is because planes can't handle our awesome. Mm-hmm. They burst immediately as we try to board them and go to Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, now it's time for us to make our plugs before we get to the Amish Druid story. Yep. Listeners. I'm going to let you take control of Okay, that. yes. Listeners. We have, drumroll, a Patreon, a, a Patreon. Yay. Pay, pay. You can give us money. Yes, you can give us money, which is, I mean, it's not like all of your tax dollars don't go to us already, but money, like that thing. Um, uh, yeah, you can, you can give us money and then we can, and then you can look at special, uh, subscriber, uh, patron only content on Patreon. We'll have little mini-sodes and pre-episode uploads and stuff on Patreon for you all to uh, listen to. So that'll be cool. Also, we have a Facebook page, which uh, some of you probably already know about, but that is there. And, I don't know, there's some other stuff, too. Oh yeah, all of Season 1, all of Season 1 now is uploaded to YouTube, so you can go there and binge listen to all of them, because you know you want to. And Oh, absolutely. What's that, Brian? Sorry, continue. Oh, I don't know. I, I was just saying, and so. I wasn't really sure what I was going to... was just. It was just a filler for me to think of something else to say. That's okay. Um, yeah, no, so if you thought, you know, man, this podcast is so cringy and so horrible, where can I give the money? You can now do that on our Patreon page. We are now attempting to extort you willingly willingly allow you to be extorted by us um for the uh for the pleasure of listening to our podcast mm-hmm. um do you want to tell them why we had to uh do this because it's not uploading to soundcloud isn't actually um it's not free at least not when you try to do it as often as we do it yeah yeah so um, so if you're a musician uploading to soundcloud and you're just uploading like three minute songs you can upload tons of content but when you're a podcast and you're uploading one hour long things, you can get like three on there and then you have to delete the old ones, which is why season one like disappeared from SoundCloud. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, so we're basically paying now $120 a year to, uh, be able to upload as many podcasts as we want to SoundCloud, which, um, basically means that we are poor 
because we're not able to afford $60 each a year. Um, I mean, I guess we kind of are. It's kind of in our budget, but it would be really nice if yeah. we could get some help on this. Also, yeah. with some extra money, we can also do more awesome things, and I don't know. I'm sure we can get some cool stuff for the podcast. You know yeah. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, we can take our money and try to pretend that we're using it to make the podcast. Better. Well, I mean... That's exactly also, yeah, I mean, it also provided a meager income for Brian and I so that this podcast thing that we're doing and spending time on does actually kind of pay us back in a sense. It'd be really nice of um, you all. But, yeah, thanks. It would be nice, but that's, yeah, that's actually a good point. It's not really, that's not why I, that's not why I do this. It's, yeah. I don't do this to get paid, absolutely. That's not why we um make these videos. We make these videos because we love torturing we people. We make videos. Um, We make... <laughs> What? You didn't know these are videos, man? Dude, I've been recording myself this entire time. I've got nine hours of footage on my laptop wondering why uh, why I can't ever see it on YouTube. No, uh, we make these um, podcasts because we like torturing you who decide to click on our podcasts. Because they're always really hard to listen to for me, at least afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, thank you. And without further ado, let's go to the Amish Druid story. Because... Yeah. The Amish Druid story. Now, um, if you remember, episode 5 did not have an Amish Druid story because, like we said, the podcast that you're paying for, uh, the audio on it crapped out halfway through it. Um, we had some internet troubles. So, this is the story from that night, which was not uh, broadcast um, on the internet. And that's good because I actually haven't finished this week's anyway. Um, this uh, episode is called Tongues, and it's involves the druid and a certain gentleman. <clears throat> so without further ado, let's I'ma just kick back and relax. Go ahead. Bye, Cartiva! Watch your tongue, I said, hacking the tongue off a goat in full view of Scott at the sound of the Blessed One's name. Bye, my uncle's old statue and Baki, Scott mumbled. I took my cleaver to the goat's neck. Better. It's bleeding chilled in your clegs. What are happened to that pretty lady that come around and tend to your woodpiles? Eva? I asked, draining the blood into my little stone basin. Hasn't been round in nearly a month and a half. A month and a half? Bleeding curtsy... Bleeding call. Call, bleeding call. I'm half surprised you're not a block of a mole glaciers. How you holding up? I need it. Wood. Lots of the stuff. Aye. That you do. Is there anyone selling? Uh, Domin? Franz? Scott winced. Domin be needing it for his lungins, if I recall correctly. Franz only sells it to the poor fools who don't realize that it don't matter. What kind of fire would you have? It all burns and it ain't worth half the price he sells it for. Oh, maybe not to them, but it might be worth the price to me. It did own ya. Franz is a cold bagger since the shitty shot is his brother stone dead. Don't make exceptions for nobody. Don't need someone as upstanding as yourself, Glegs. I sighed. He was probably right. What about Samuel? Hennis? Old Sam's finally got his license to go back to the city. Oh, good for him. Hennis? Uh, he's dead, last I heard. Drat, I said, etching the runes onto the side of the bowl, my blood-stained figure without thinking. I glanced at the oak banisters Papa nailed into the wall by the stairs. He told me how to replace them once. I'd since forgotten, 60 years later. They'd probably be the first part of Papa's bar, bar I'd have to rip apart to keep myself warm this winter. 
Um, listen, Cleggs. I've, uh... You've got wood? How much? No, no, I, I wish. I've got barely enough for the winter myself. Of course. Right, right. Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't have asked. Scott stiffened. His perpetual smirk straightened. He stopped talking out of the side of his mouth, and that alone warped his accent almost beyond recognition. Cleggs, I've got a proposition for ya. This sounds serious. What is it? I said. My daughter expects me to visit her for Merca five day. Felicity? She lives in the West District, doesn't she? Aye. She moved to the towers a few weeks ago, though. Got me a pass to see her from house call. Once her old Darcy and how far she's come, I suppose. The towers? You must be proud. He smiled nervously, familiar accent dripping back. I'm bleeding smiling from ear to ear. Feli's gone and made a name for herself. I'm the proudest dad there's ever been. I shot a glance at Papa's banisters. You certainly are. But you know how it is, Cleggs. My bones ain't as strong as they used to be. I'm an old and brittle, and it's a long way to the towers. What are you saying? Look at me, Cleggs. I never worn a suit in my life. I can't blend in with them, sit tower folk. All busy and educated and proper like. But Felicity, she'll be visiting me around Christmas time. No worries, there, mate. I'd be more comfortable in my own home, around people and places I grew up with. She understands. I hope so. Anyway, he stiffened again, unfamiliar professionalism entering his voice. I only bring it up, Cleggs, because if I can't use Felicity's pass, and you need help finding your girl, Eva. No. It's your only shot, Cleggs. Kurtiva smite me. I'm Amish. I have this bar. I have the rituals. You won't have any of it if you don't find your girl. You think I? You think you won't fit in at the towers? I've never been inside the city. The only time I've ever been that high up was when we scaled Mount Mons Vosavon. I won't even be able to. I won't be able to use any of their railways or video phones or running water. Oi, you'll be fine. Fairly will understand. She's got some mates of the old census bureau. She'll help you find Eva. Is this why you aren't going? To the, mar to the city for Mark of Five Day? To help me? Scott, you have a responsibility to your daughter. She's trying to impress you. She needs her father to. Oi, Cleggs. Get me out. You're a fine chap. The finest chap. If in it were your daughter, and I was nearly freezing to death, wouldn't you do the same for me? Yes, but everyone knows, everyone I know who's right in the head, admittedly not a ton of people, they all look up to you, Cleggs. You've helped us all out. After a long day's work, a long day's hard work, and we all show up here and you never drive us away. Even when we can't pay you. Even when we'll never pay you. You don't use heaters or trucks or pumps when you need work done. Cause you're one of the last purebred Cartivan druids around. You come in this wasteland here and you intercede for all us lost sinners before the Blessed One. And you do it without needing any fancy machines. Scott, I... Shut your trap, Cleggs! It's the least thing I can do. Find Eva. My pass is for the week of Marka Five Day. Papa would have refused, obstinately. He would have given Scott a talking to, opened the word of Kativa to the passages about the first druids that left the colony ships that landed here, about the early colonists only getting by on the word of the druids, about the blue imperial AI that attempted to hijack every machine on this world in the Markan Revolution. 
He'd read aloud the framed calligraphy of the Amish mandate the Druids had ever after adhered to, that they'd wean the colonists off of machines and live off the tundra so as to survive the revolution, and to remember these ways even after Mark, the Mark V Treaty, just in case the Blue Empire attempted to reclaim this world. He'd scold Scott, telling him that it was on his labor, on his labor and his rituals, and the efforts of all such Druid that the city was founded, and that his duties refused him access to it. Without the blood shields, the city would have been bombarded long ago by the Blue Empire. Papa would have said a lot of things. Thank you, Scott. I won't forget this. What is this podcast? I don't even know. This has gotten... This is a bizarre, bizarre thing you're listening to, listeners. It's important and strange and weird. And Ryan, you sent me a Snapchat. Yes, I did. During the podcast. Using this downtime for Snapchat, you have your headphones right next to the... And now you're smiling stupid. <laughs> the worst part is, okay, I'm describing what you're doing, and then in the Snapchat, it looks like you're reacting to me, responding to what you're saying. <laughs> so like I said, you're smiling stupidly, and then in the video, you looked up, you're like, what? <laughs> It was weird. That was weird. <laughs> you can follow me on Snapchat, by the way. Anybody who uh, listens to this podcast, I need to now look at what my Snapchat username is because I don't have it memorized. Yeah, all forty people following you on Snapchat. Yeah, that'd, that'd that would be fun though. You can, you can, yeah. It depends on what you're using Snapchat for. I don't think I'll divulge. I'm probably not going to divulge that information because I don't know what I'm going to use my. Yeah, I don't know. I like. Uh, I want. I want more followers on Snapchat. Um, my, my username on Snapchat is Ryan SC Snaps, And then I also have a Twitter, which I mostly got just to make signing into a different app easier. But if you want that, it's, uh, actually I don't know what my Twitter is. <laughs> At Ryan Brot. That's R-Y-A-N-B-R-A-U-T. So. Ryan Scott was taken, I assume. Yeah, yeah. You could have done it, Ryan Scott Broad. Yeah, I could have. Or Scott Broad. But, you know. So, that. That's the only reason anyone gets a Twitter anyway. Just they can use Twitter to sign into another account thing. At least, I don't know. I actually don't, like, physically know people who use their Twitter on a regular basis. I have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really, yeah, I don't really use it at all. Anyways, this brings us to our new podcast section, which isn't very long. But it's still pretty cool. It's not very long at all. It's one of my favorite ideas for this podcast. You know what it is? This is the uh, good quote from a bad guy. Yep, good quotes from bad people. This quote is, If you're good at something, never do it for free. Guess who said that? That was the Joker. Heath Ledger's yes. Joker from The Dark Knight. The Joker said that. So, uh-huh. yep. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It's also really good career advice. Oh, yes, very good career advice from a man whose career did not extend past that movie. Yep, basically. <laughs> Sadly enough. Yep. And as always, buy me food. <laughs>